All I need in this life of sin is just me and my Frosted Flakes mini box. Hello. Welcome to eating alone in the car, in my car. Uh, This is your host. So sad today. Um, Hello. Today's episode is a little crunchy. It, today's episode is um, a Frosted Flakes mini box. Um, in truth, I actually, I like a Frosted Flake. It's good. I mean, what's not to love, really? You know, it, it's, a, it's a flake and it's frosted. But um, if I had to rank, I love, okay, if I had to rank the various mini boxes in the cereal mini box, and don't give me the healthy mini boxes. I want, I want them coated in sugar. If I had to rank... I would say, mm, all right. Well, let's just let's just get an assessment of what's in there. First of all, we got what do we have in there? We got we got corn pops, delicious. Apple Jacks, fabulous. Frosted Flakes, so good. Cocoa Krispies, I mean, motherfucker, that shit is yes. Fruit Loops, no, I don't know. So I find something very disturbing. I mean, I'll, I eat the Fruit Loops. I'll, I'll absolutely eat the Fruit Loops, but. I have something a little disconcerting about them. I don't know. It's like the fruit. Apple Jacks doesn't cause me any problems uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. Fruit Loops, I don't know. It just for whatever reason. Um, and it's not Toucan Sam. It doesn't have anything to do with Toucan Sam. But Cocoa Krispies, I prefer in milk. You know, I mean, come on. We all know. You put them in some milk. Then you get the nice, soft, delicious, crispy, if you can wait it out. You know, no longer crispy, just a soft sludge and the chocolate milk, yes. Um, and Apple Jacks, I like to eat plain orange milk. Um, same with Frosted Flakes, plain orange milk. I really do love a corn pop. I feel like corn pops are often overlooked. Um, I don't really eat them in milk. I'll, I'll just eat them plain. Or I, I like to put them over... Uh, over um, low calorie ice cream, which is going to be another episode in and of itself, of course. Um, but, uh, but today I have flakes cause the only things I had left in my, uh, of my mini boxes pack were frosted flakes, cocoa crispies and fruit loops. And, um, like I said, I just didn't want to fuck with fruit loops. I just didn't, I mean, I'll eat them. They're going to get eaten. Like, don't get me wrong. I didn't want to give them I didn't want to give them the time, you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to be here with something that, a food that I don't love, uh, in my car, talking to, uh, no one, so, um, and then Cocoa Krispies, I, a little hard to, I'm driving, I'm not parked today, so a little hard to eat Cocoa Krispies while driving, because everything goes everywhere, also, I do like to wait for the milk, so it was Frosted Flakes, and you know what, I'm happy with that, I'm happy with my, I'm very happy with my decision, um, always happy to have a Frosted Flake, Tony the Tiger, sexy um people someone once asked me which like uh cereal mascot that I would be most likely to fuck and um you know pretty quickly I said snap crackle pop um because you I mean I like a twink I do you know um you know snap crackle pop seemed to me the obvious choice because you get three twinks um which is like kind of my, I, that would be like an ideal, um, situation for me. You know, it would be like, I don't know. I always, um, especially gay twinks. I just, 
I would love to just be there, you know, in a threesome with gay twinks. And I'm sure that once I was there, I would feel sort of sad and excluded and they would want nothing to do with me. But in the fantasy with Snap, Crackle, and Pop, you know, maybe they're all bisexual. Um, they might all be bi. Um, they could be straight twinks, but I, I want them to be hooking up with each other and me. You know, it's sort of like it's a big, we're all just having a good time. And truthfully, I've only had... Um, one group sex, one group sex to my memory, uh, it was two women. Um, I really wanted to be hook up with one woman, the other woman I was not interested in at all, but, uh, because of the way the situation was, uh, both, both women had to like, basically I couldn't hook up with one without hooking up with the other. It was sort of, um, we were all friends and like, it just sort of, the idea came to hook up. Um, and you know, so I had to hook up with both of them. Um, and it was group sex. It's too much for me. I I have trouble focusing when it's even me and one person, let alone two people. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know. Um, I, for me sexually, um, as in the rest of my life, I tend to retreat into fantasy quite a bit. Um, I'm also, you know, I have a lot of, um, fear, insecurity, um, fear of receiving pleasure, very, very comfortable giving pleasure, but receiving pleasure, it's hard for me. And so I really have to get very still and focus. I almost, I either look like when I, when I, when I'm on my way to having an orgasm, I either, I either look like I'm dead. Um, cause I'm, that's how in my head I am. Or I've also been told I look like, um, <clears throat> Harry Houdini, uh, struggling to get out of a tank of water while wrapped in chains. So that's what it's like having sex with me. I know it sounds fabulous. Um, sounds great. And that's, that's, you know, that's the deal. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, so in real life, you know, I don't know, maybe I would take Tony the tiger. Um, it would be different. I don't, Tony seems like a daddy. I'm really not that into daddies. Um, I married a daddy. So I feel like I already have a daddy. So it's like, I've always, uh, when my marriage, so I've been with, with one person for, um, like 14 years, but we were monogamous for five, then we were open for five, and now we've been monogamous again for, like, four, I think. Um, although, in the four, I did have special dispensation to do one or two, have one or two, uh, there was one woman who had special dispensation to hook up with, but other than that, it's been, we've been monogamous for the past couple years, and I'm not sexting and stuff, but uh, while we were open, I really, you know, part of, for me, part of the the sort of impetus for the open. Um, well, I mean, my husband was of course down with it. And actually he, he was the one who initiated it cause he was going to be going to Rio for a bachelor party thing. Um, and, uh, he's like, do you know what goes on in Rio? And I was like, not really. And, um, I think that, you know, prostitution, it's actually, I don't think it's legal there. Um, but it is very, um, regulated and it's very much kind of sewn in to the culture, um, in terms of, you know, the clubs, you meet people there and, um, it's not like something that happens on the side, like in America. I, I have, I believe in, um, I think sex work should be legal. I mean, it is an old, it's an old profession. It is, um, it is, I I don't know. I just, that's, that's my take is that like, why the fuck isn't it legal in this country? It is, it is a job like anything else and it should be um, you know, I think it would probably be a lot safer for, um, sex workers if it was, um, 
you know, because every, because so many people do it. Like so many people patronize, um, the sexual arts. So I, I don't know, but you know what I, as I've said in the past, um, while I wish that I'd gotten paid for, um, some of the disgusting sex that I've had, um, I'm not that resourceful. And so I never was a sex worker. So I, and I've, I've, some sex workers who I follow on Twitter talk about, you know, how annoyed they get, which completely understandably when people who aren't sex workers try to voice opinions about what sex work should be, should not be. So, um, so I'm really not going to say anymore because, um, it's really not up to me, but you know, I just, I don't know, seems ridiculous that it isn't, uh, legal and, um, maybe even regulated. I don't know. Um, you know, above board, like it's, it's a part of life. It's a part of society. Um, but anyway, like I said, I, I have, unfortunately I've only been a sex unpaid intern. And so, um, I, I really shouldn't speak about it. Moving on, moving on. Um, what else? Oh, what it's like having sex with me. We just discussed, we discussed my, uh, view on sex. Oh, so the open marriage. All right. So anyway, so he was like, do you know what goes on in Rio? And I was like, well, no, but so he told me, you know, that it was, you know, like he, it was, it was likely that he would be, you know, encounter some sex workers in, in the club and, um, it would be available. And I was like, you know what? Via con Dios, like you have my blessing upon return. I was okay with it. Totally okay with it. But I was like, well, what, what's in it for me? what do I get? Cause it's like, it's not just like you get to go have your dalliances and I'm like, you know, monogamous, like hell no. I mean the first year we were together, I wasn't monogamous anyway. Cause I was, uh, still drinking. Um, um, before I was, before I got sober and I cheated on him, you know, because I've like cheated, I've, yeah, I've cheated on like most people, but, um, nonetheless, nonetheless. So now, so it became sanctioned that I, that I, it wouldn't be cheating. This was after five years I'd say, well, it was, was supposed to be, we had been monogamous for five years, but the first year was, you know, questionable. So we, I guess we had been monogamous for four years, truly, and together for five when we decided to open up our relationship. And so he's sort of like a daddy vibe. So I, I don't know if that's why, like, I really am very, I went the direction of the twink. I, I think that also when we opened the marriage, um, I was, um, I was, I was, I was turning 30, um, or we opened the relationship and we were about to get married and there was something, um, kind of scary to me about time passing. It was weird to me to get married. Quite honestly, it was very, um, I sort of like the, the part of me that I I sort of, I found like at some point I wanted the ring and once I got the ring, my mother is a wedding invitation designer, wedding invitation and uh, bat mitzvahs and graduations and Christmas cards. So once I got, I mean, it was on, you know what I'm saying? This was her Super Bowl. She just like ran with it. And looking back when I look at the wedding pictures, I'm just like, what even was that? Like, it's very weird, like to look back and be wearing like this dress. And the only, the thing that I really, I I did pick out the dress and I got, um, I got like about seven different, they call them hair trials where you like, because you know, my hair is my thing, but and my husband picked the band, but other than that, my mom like did all the shit. Cause I was like, eh. like, I, I don't know marriage. I just never, I never really like thought it was necessarily for me or not for me. So anyway, so we were open for five years and if you've, um, if 
you've read the So Sad Today book, that story's in there. Um, I don't need to talk too much more about it. Um, uh, It's in the essay, I Told You Not to Get the Knish. Um, Thoughts on illness and open marriage. Um, But, um, you know, but I think also part of... So when when we first opened it, right? Like after he got back and when we first opened our relationship... Um, I didn't act on it at first because I didn't think that, I don't know, I knew how I had been in the past and I'm very, um, I get very like obsessive. You'll probably never know that I'm super obsessed with you. Like I have, I have a lot of, um, pride, shame, low self-esteem. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not a stalker. You'll never know because I just, I have a lot of pride. I like, if, if I get even the vibe that someone remotely has no interest in me, like I'm out of there, you know what I'm saying? Like I am like, bye. But in my head, it's like, it can, it can consume me. It can consume me if I, you know, if I fuck someone and, and it's good. And then I don't hear from them. It's like days of withdrawal and pain. Um, and, um, you know, also it's just like when I trying to fill that spiritual hole within, with, um, with, I approach, when I'm approaching those experiences, it's not just like, oh, let's fuck, you know, it's, there is a deep, it comes from a deeper place and a deeper, um, sort of, it comes from that feeling of, of the, the, the existential hole that I've talked about a lot. And, um, when you try to fill the existential hole with outside stuff, I have found it works for a little bit, but ultimately it kind of makes the hole bigger or causes more suffering. Um, this is what my book, the Pisces is all about. Um, or it's an exploration of that. And so, um, so for the first year that I was able to be not open, I didn't act on it. Cause I kind of knew like once I opened Pandora's box, it would be like, you know, I'm not very good at like regulating, but, um, but then for five years, uh, but then for the next four years, um, I did open, I did, I did act on it. And once I acted on it, it was like, um, all hell did kind of break loose emotionally. Um, again, you wouldn't necessarily know, like, that's the thing you wouldn't necessarily know. Um, same with, same with my depression and anxiety. I think I have just, I think because my mother just cares so fucking much what other people think that that was like beaten into me to a very bad, to a fault growing up. And so part of why I started even like the So Sad Today Twitter account is because like I felt like I had to wear a mask where I just like couldn't be honest about what I was really feeling. Um, and I'm very capable of being confessional on the page. I give myself a lot of freedom there. But in my life, it's the opposite. It's like um, I sort of lead with that shame and that fear of rejection and I sort of cloister myself off. And so, you know, you wouldn't know. I mean, there were a couple times, you know, like, there were, you know, like somebody like, I don't know, there was like a kid who we followed each other on Twitter. And then like one time we were like making plans and then he fell asleep. And like, you know, I definitely like subtweeted some like bitchy shit. And, you know, I mean, I'm always, I subtweet a lot. Subtweets, as I say, are a healing journey. But for the most part, it's like the suffering is really internal. You know, it's an internal suffering. I'm not necessarily taking, I don't, I don't think I'm taking that many people down with me. I don't know. It's just whatever, but it is what it is. But you know what? Internal suffering is, I mean, look, I didn't get sober to be miserable. I didn't, you know, I didn't get sober to feel hungover emotionally. So, um, so it was what it was. Um, and, um, so I, I, and I, and we had the open relationship for four years. Um, well five, but four of me acting on it. But, um, and then in the end, um, as my husband said, you let your side bitch settle in. That's what he said to me because I uh, got a little too attached. 
uh, to one of my uh, twinks, we should say, and um, really felt really fell for someone, or thought I fell for someone. You know, had the fantasy. The fantasy is um, sometimes more profound than, or it's it's definitely more drug-like. You know, it's definitely more drug-like. Um, and I love. I love a relationship where there is not genuine intimacy, the intimacy of seeing one another every day, um, knowing all those things. But I love a relationship where you can sustain that limerence, that narcotic limerence. Limerence, as I've said on on the podcast, is that feeling of um, that surge, that adrenaline, that drug-like feeling you feel when you have a crush or in the beginning of a relationship. I love when something is at a distance, when it's not real. because then you can sustain it and the worrying whether you're going to get texted back how they feel all that stuff it really contributes to that drug-like atmosphere and the highs are amazing and the lows are really painful so um so for my so for the sake of my marriage but really also for for my own sake um because I even if I were single like I really I, I wish I could in my fantasies of being single I'm always like I have a harem of people but um but truthfully um uh, even if I were single, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't continue the way that I was going. And so I, um, so we, we closed it back up, but suffice to say, all this is just to say that, um, you know, I think that a lot of my sort of, we could call it acting out. I don't know that I want to label it a bad thing, like acting out, but we could, we could call it acting out and all of my acting out and pining for twinks and all, it was always guys younger than me. Um, people, women, I like milfs with women. It's like, give me someone, give me like a, a woman, like just breastfeed me. You know what I'm saying? It's like all my mommy issues. It's just like, just breastfeed me. Like, let's just, you know, I'm like, I want like the opposite of a twink. Actually. I want like the more voluptuous, the better. Give me a milf. Um, you know, like let me lose myself in your beautiful voluptuous folds and, uh, let me, um, you know, let me give you, um, the physical love in your voluptuousness that I could never allow myself, that I could never, that I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get myself, um, if I were allowed myself to be, um, you know, voluptuous. Let me, let me, let me reclaim this. It is the ultimate pleasure. It is the ultimate pleasure, right? With, with, uh, boys and, um, you know, or, non-binary people who perhaps present more masculine. I like a, um, I like, I like a twink. And, um, and I think a lot of that for me was, was this attempt to, to try to stop time and this real sadness, um, over time passing. And also, uh, my husband's illness, you know, when you, um, it's all in that essay, but, um, in so sad today, but when you live with uh, day in, day out, someone's illness and it's, it's, and it's progressive. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of living a life that most people don't really encounter till they're like 70. Um, and so I wanted life. I wanted joie de vivre. I wanted youth. I want the infusion of, of life. And I want to, I want to turn back the clock. Um, and I, I hope that I can, you know, and and I wanted to fuck myself, fuck the clock back. I want to fuck the clock back. And I also think that, you know, I've said before, if I perceive you as magic and then you like me, then maybe I can be magic too. And I think that's where the youth thing comes in. You know, if, if you're young and beautiful and you like me, then maybe somehow I'm still, you know, young too. So, 
So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So now I have I have one younger man left in my life, or one younger man. Um, my dog Pickle. He is definitely a twink. Um, very persnickety. He is. Pickle is. He's a he's a street rat. Is what he is. He uh, was found in a parking lot. Um, he is. We think a Chawini, like a Chihuahua, Dachshund, probably some Jack Russell in him. Um, he's gorgeous. And he really came into my life at a time that I, I, I needed that. You know, I needed... Because he, uh, when my husband is sick, which is uh, a lot, um, you know, this this year was tough. He, he did not... Um, he was not really able to leave the house more than I would say think, I mean, definitely less than 10 times between August and April. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to watch someone suffer like that. Um, but so Pickle, you know, he brings that infusion of, of joy and youth and vitality and um, cuteness and all those things, you know. And um, so Pickle is the younger man for me. And um, someone asked me recently on Twitter, I think they said, you know, you're you're bisexual, but you seem to talk about, about boys a lot more than you talk about women. And, you know, I think for me, um, my sexuality has always been very fluid and, um, for whatever reason I'm for the, since, since I turned in, in my thirties, I've been just, um, craving, craving dick. I've, 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 I'm, when I was in my early twenties, I really didn't care about, I was like, great. Like I'll take or leave a dick. You know what I'm saying? Like it meant nothing to me. And, um, you know, on a cis, and we're talking on a cis level, of course, rather than like, um, sort of a a gender level. But, um, but when it came to, you know, pussy to me was just so much more, um, fascinating and, and, and layered and, but I don't know what happened that I, dick for me, um, it has, it has gained a renewed and I'd say exponential interest, uh, in the past years. And so, you know, um, certainly I, um, I still am attracted to some women and, um, I've had some sexual experiences with women in my thirties, but, um, but I guess sort of when I, when I obsess my obsessions now, uh, rather than, you know, the way I used to obsess about, um, uh, women, it, it tends to be, um, it tends to be twinks now for what, and I don't know, I don't know why that is. Um, um, but you know, it's a, it's a sliding scale. Perhaps in my forties, I will, uh, return solely to, uh, wanting to fuck women. Who knows? Who knows? You know, I have found that sexuality is mysterious and, um, I don't know. It's just where I'm at today is that, uh, I find myself, uh, obsessing about, uh, cocks. So yeah, there you have it. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think that'll about wrap it up for today. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think I have, uh, embarrassed and divulged, uh, enough for today and, um, do with it what you will. Um, and, I hope that you have a lovely day and perhaps maybe inspired to get yourself some cereal mini boxes because they really are just, it really is, is quite the best. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.